Again, all morning long, we're sharing stories of women who have given their child up, surrendered their child up for adoption. For more information on the show, more information on our guests, reach out to us on social media, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, follow us there as well. Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air, or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. My next guest is Julia Brewer Daly. She is the author of the book, No Names to Be Given. The novel is based on her own reality of being born in a maternity home in the South during the 60s. It's our pleasure to welcome Julia Brewer Daly to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Julia. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure, and I love the accent. Well, it's it's a southern accent. I say I'm a Texan with a southern accent because I lived most of my life in Mississippi, so I guess you can't get rid of the accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so growing up, what was your childhood like? Did you grow up knowing that you were adopted, or was that one of those family secrets that families sometimes keep hidden away? No, my parents began reading children's adoption to me when I was probably two years old. And the books always emphasized how adoptees are chosen children. And so I was taught that I was special and loved and always wanted. So we were never secretive about that. I, I wonder if that isn't harmful if uh, that secret is kept from a child. It has to come out sooner or later and affect their psyche. Okay. And so at one point, you decided to seek out your biological family. Um, Before we talk about that, tell me about the reaction. How did your adoptive family, your mom, your dad, how did they feel about you reaching out and trying to find your birth parents? What was that like for them? I'm sure that it concerned them because I had to go into this search knowing that it could be a bad situation. And, of course, my parents were concerned about that and and worried that it might not be everything that I hoped it would be. I was not searching for another family. I had a wonderful adoptive family and a great childhood. But I wanted to know about my health uh, history. I was having my own children and I had nothing to tell a doctor. When I would go into a, a doctor's office, they would say, do you have any health problems in your history that we should know about, like cancer or diabetes and heart condition? And I would say, I don't know. I'm adopted. Okay. I know you talked about how when you were growing up, your parents, they always, they read books to you. You kind of always knew that you were adopted. But when did it kind of hit you? Because it's one thing to learn things as a kid, but to fully understand the magnitude and what it means. Um, when did you come to that realization? Uh, probably when I was an adult myself and had my own children. Okay. You know, to to imagine that um, a woman would have to make that kind of choice and to be able to give their own child to someone else to, to raise, you know, it, it just has to be devastating and such a difficult uh, choice to make. So I think after I had my own children, I realized the gift that she had given me, my birth mother, and actually in the book that I've written, I dedicated my book to my two mothers, one who gave me life and one who gave me a life. 
All right, there you go. So tell us about this search process. Eventually, you sought your birth mother. So tell us about the process. What did you go through? And had your mother know your adoptive mother, did she know anything about the circumstances why you were adopted? No, they weren't told much um, when they adopted me from a maternity home hospital in New Orleans. Um, And they always assumed that when I became legal age that I could open those records and find out more about my background. But that was not the case. You know, there's a big controversy these days about open records versus closed record states. And uh, Louisiana was uh, still had a Napoleonic law on the books that said a natural child or an adopted child can inherit from their natural parents. Well, you can't inherit from someone you don't know. So that became um, a, a door opening to allow me to find my uh, and to open my records and to get my birth certificate, my original birth certificate. Because, you know, when a child is adopted, their birth certificates are changed to reflect that the adoptive parents gave birth to them. Okay. Take us through the search process for you. And in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Julia Brewer Daly. The title of the book is No Names to Be Given. So let's talk about that. Tell me about that, if you will. Well, you had to go before the Bureau of Records, and it was almost like a trial. They had me on the stand, and and they had um, people asking me if I wanted to find my birth mother because I wanted to harm her or was angry at her or had hatred toward her. And I said, absolutely not. I only want to know my my history, and I'm very grateful to her. And I tried to um, tell them that over and over. But it was difficult before they opened the records. But I was one of the first, I think, to have the records opened in Louisiana at that time. Okay. And so once you got the records open, what did you find out about your birth mother? And were you able to well, meet her? Yes, actually, the um, address that was on the birth certificate still um, was my birth grandmother's home address, and I contacted her and asked her if she had a daughter who had given birth to a child um, at that maternity home hospital in New Orleans, and she said, absolutely not. So she was trying to protect her daughter as well. She, you know, she didn't know why I was seeking uh, to find her. And I said, well, if you did, if you could give her my telephone number and have her call me, that would be wonderful. And she called me and we had a wonderful, long conversation. And she tried to explain to me why women in that day and age would give up their babies for adoption. You know, the shame and the guilt um, that was heaped on them by society, on unwed mothers, you know, Most of those women were shipped away to maternity homes to have their babies in secret, and they had to relinquish them for adoption and return home as if nothing transpired. And so uh, I don't think today's young women who keep their babies rather than give them up uh, can even understand that type of environment. That's amazing. So did you guys ever meet in person? Yes. I did. I went to New Orleans. She was actually living in New Orleans and met her. And it it was truly a wonderful experience to see her face and hear her voice. I don't know if something deep inside you, you know, stores those type of 
uh, infant memories, but uh, she actually did look like me, and our our childhood photos uh, look alike. She had um, married and had two more children, and she had not told those children, so I wanted to um, be very respectful of giving her time to do that, and and she finally shared with them that she had given away a child, and I got to meet them as well, and it was a good situation. I was very fortunate because not everybody uh, has that type of situation where they can, um, you know, have a, a, a good search. And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking about adoption. On the phone with me now is Julia Brewer-Daly. She is the author of the book, no names to be given. And if you would like more information on Julia, more information on our guests, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air, or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app like Podcast One or Spotify and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Now, we talked about your birth mother, but what did you find out, if anything, about your birth father? Well, I was pretty content after um, meeting my birth mother, Mm -hmm. and I waited um, a good while before I tried to contact any relatives from my birth father's side of the family. I was not successful in tracking them down. My birth mother had told me a name and that he was from Chicago, and um, when I was unsuccessful, I took one of the commercial DNA test, and there they were. I found my birth father's side of the family and actually two half-sisters on that side, but um, he had passed away about 30 years ago, so I did not get to meet him, but I have met one of the half-sisters. Now, Julia, you just released a new book. It's called No Names to Be Given. Tell us about this book because it's based I would say loosely on your experience of being adopted and that experience that you found out your birth mother had. Is that right? Exactly. I was one of those children from a maternity home and adopted when I was two months of age. And of course, I always fantasized about my birth parents, even though I had wonderful adoptive parents. There are a hundred million Americans who have adoption in their immediate families in the U.S. So there are a lot of people who are interested in this topic. But I waited until retirement and time to get my story on paper and was able to weave that thread of memoir, my own story, through uh, through this book. So it does have um, the birth mothers, three birth mothers who needed a maternity home hospital in New Orleans, but it also has the viewpoints of um, the adopted children as well. And of course, I'm very close <laughs> to one of those uh, in the book. Uh, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about um, your relationship with your birth mother. What is that relationship like today? Well, she unfortunately has passed away, mm-hmm. but it was it was a good relationship. It was more of a friendship because you know the the mother who brings you up and is with you um, throughout your life is your mother. My adoptive mother is my mother, but my birth mother, I really respected her and loved to hear her stories and hear about her life, and it's so 
strange to find out the similarities between uh, you and someone that you've really never even met or never lived with. Um, She owned antique stores. I owned an antique store. She was a writer. I'm a writer. You know, there are just so many similarities between us. So throughout the years when you had the opportunity to speak with your birth mother, did you get the sense that giving you up for adoption, surrendering you to adoption was something that she regretted? Oh, sure. She she had a lot of regrets about that. And, you know, she was the one who worried about me. She would see these um, news stories about children being abused and would wonder, did I give my child to that situation? And she told me when she traveled, she always stopped in a cathedral and, and lit a candle and prayed for me that I was not in one of those situations. So, of course, someone who doesn't know where their child is out in the world would have so much grief and worry about that. So what did your birth mother tell you about perhaps the pressure to go into a maternity home, a home for unwed mothers, and to eventually give you up for adoption? Did she feel pressured by her family, by her parents? What did you learn there? Yes, I mean, children were uh, born out of wedlock were definitely treated differently and experienced prejudice. And parents did not want that to happen, much less their standing in the community. You know, there was so much shame and guilt back then uh, heaped on um, these mothers by society. Are we talking fifties, sixties? Exactly. Okay. Uh, even even from the thirties on, as far okay. back as you can think, you know, women were were shamed for having babies um, out of wedlock, and um, at one time they even stamped the the birth certificates as illegitimate. So there was a lot of stigma attached to um, those of us who were born out of wedlock. So. Definitely, she felt pressure from her her family. There was really no other option. You know, abortion was illegal, and um, these women did not have um, access to much birth control. And it was it was a, a totally different time. And also, she told me that she was Catholic, he was Jewish, and in the fifties, that was just unheard of. You know, he was called home to find a nice Jewish girl to marry, and she gave me up for adoption. All right. So um, finally this morning, Julia, what advice would you offer to those that may have learned that they were adopted? What advice would you have for them? Well, if they've learned at an older age that they're adopted, you know, I, I would want to know why the secret was kept. You know, with all these commercial DNA kits, secrets are coming out right and left, and mm-hmm. And I would just hope that everyone who's been adopted has had a great situation. And if they haven't, just to know that their birth mothers wanted them to have a better life. It's just a a tragic situation on so many sides of the coin. You know, there's the terrible uh, relinquishment of a child for adoption by the birth mother. And then there's the joy and the excitement of the adoptive parents receiving that child. So it's a very complex topic, and everybody who's involved has a different story to tell. All right, Julia, if our listeners would like to find out more about you, find out more about the book, No Names to Be Given, how can they find out more? 
There are resources on my website at www.juliadaily, and daily is spelled like daily newspaper, D-A-I-L-Y. And I hope our listeners will visit me there and contact me if they desire. Thank you so much, Julia. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, anything that you may have missed can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can follow us there, Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot